Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello coders, today we're going to be talking about a public speaking platform called Notice. I'm joined today by Drew McClellan, who is the co-founder of Notice, also a co-founder of Perch CMS and the publisher of 24 Ways. Hi Drew, how are you doing? Have you had a good week? Hi Peter. Yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm having a a pretty good week. I've just got back from a week in uh, San Francisco at uh, Smashing Conf over there. Nice. Um, and uh, so I'm I'm feeling a little bit more relaxed than I was before, and I've uh, been enjoying the Californian sunshine. And uh, yeah, yeah, ready to be uh, ready to be back at it this week. I've uh, I've been seeing your tweets, and uh, <laughs> you've been doing a lot of running out there as well. Yes, we organised a conference run every morning. Um, my, my wife Rachel and I are keen runners, and so we thought, as an alternative to um, getting people out to the parties after the conference, you know, where you can meet and socialise over a beer and that sort of thing. Yeah. The other side of it is get up early in the morning and meet other conference attendees um, and go for a run. So that we is- ran along um, the waterfront uh, towards the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. That is so cool. That is so cool. <laughs> do you do you personally do do you do a lot of like races and events and stuff like that in terms of running? Yeah, from time to time, I've done a couple of marathons. Um, I've just, I could just do the half marathons all the time. <laughs> nice. and yeah, I like I like to sort of keep myself half marathon ready, you know. So that I, a drop of a hat, I could just go I off and like that. do a half marathon. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Awesome. Well, perhaps one day we'll talk about sort of like the exercise side of web development. That that's so cool. I like the fact that That'd you're traveling great. everywhere and you're you're uh, running as well. That's such a such an awesome thing. So. Today, we're going to be talking about your uh, noticed public speaking portfolio platform. It's a portfolio platform for public speakers. They can upload their um, their slides and there's a social element to that as well, which I think is awesome. Um, what, what makes Notice different, though, to other platforms such as perhaps, I don't know, Speaker Deck or things like that? Yeah, well, they, I guess the two sort of big things that are out there are a speaker deck as you mentioned mm. and also uh slideshare which is That's part right. of linkedin yeah um and what both those platforms do is they um they they both pretty much do the same job of yeah. allowing a public speaker to upload like a pdf of their um slides from a presentation mm-hmm. and they turn it into something that can be presented on the web um and that you can you can create an embed of to put into a blog post yeah uh, and you can you can send the link out to attendees right um but they pretty much both just sort of stop there right um that's the I mean, generally speaking, that's the limitation. They, mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. they're a feature rather than an entire product, I would say. And that right. feature is taking a PDF and turning it into some images that can be displayed on the web. Yes, yes. Now, that that's a really useful feature. Mm. And if you if you're a public speaker, that's a useful thing that you need. Um, but uh, my co-founder and, and wife Rachel and I are both public speakers. She much more than I am. She's on the road six months of the year speaking at conferences. Um, We both uh, felt the need for something that went a little bit beyond just sharing your slides online. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And we also, in, in using those products, and, and we've both used both of, both of those particular products, yeah. we found that um, there were some sort of slight annoyances and, and deficiencies that we thought, you know, we, we could do this a bit better. Yes. Um, yes. And so that's where the idea came from. Not just to upload a PDF and share, and, you know, share slides, but to create more of a site that could represent an individual as a public speaker. So I, I kind of think of it, you know, if somebody asked you, you know, what are your contributions to open source software or something like that, you might say, oh, go and look at my GitHub profile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they might say, oh, what, what's your, you know, what, what's your photography like? You know, I see you, I see you with a camera all the time. You yeah. know, you could might say, oh, well, go to my Instagram profile and there you'll find everything about my, you know, you'll find all my photography. Sure. Notice kind of is like that for public speaking. Right. Somebody says, you know, oh, what conferences have you spoken at before? Yeah. So, well, here's the URL. Here's my. Here's the list. You can yeah. see everything that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was checking it out um, earlier, and I just got lost in a rabbit hole of of looking through the slides and then finding another another talk that that speaker had spoken at, and then also you have the uh, the tweets below it. So you, you kind of feel like even though you weren't part of the conversation at that particular time, you can actually see the conversations around that particular slide, um, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, you kind of yeah. get, you kind of, I do this with YouTube a lot where I watch a video and then I get recommended another video. And then before I know it, three hours have gone and I've watched a video <laughs> on how hamsters do some crazy trick. <laughs> it was kind of like that where, where it was sort of like, I, I went through one slide um, a slide deck and then I found another slide deck of the same speaker and you kind of got a feel for for the talks that that particular speaker had done in a in a very sort of portfolio-esque kind of way mm-hmm. and it presented that information um, really well whereas like you said with with uh, speaker deck and uh, slide share and stuff it is it is less of that it's more sort of like this is this is the set of talks or set of slides that I did for that particular talk, but it's, it's not joined. You don't have that Mm. sort of connection between the other talks that that speaker has done. Um, so yeah, I mean, is there, is there any, is there any other particular features that make, make, um, notice stand out, um, compared to, compared to the other, other platforms? Yeah. Well, that, that presentation page, as we call it, is uh, a really key aspect uh, of what we do. So rather than just sharing your slides, um, we enable um, presenters to collate any resources. So if they've, if they've mentioned websites or, you know, books or anything like that in a presentation, they can actually add those as annotations underneath. Oh, that's super Um, handy. Yeah, that is super handy. Yeah. Because often I'll look at a slide and they've just got like, um, They'll have a, a slide that has perhaps a list of links, but mm. you can't do anything with that unless you actually type out the link in the URL in the in the address bar. That is really really handy. Just having those links um, accessible there—that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm liking that. You can if it's a if it's a sort of um, a development you know te- tech based presentation, you can embed. Um, uh, code pen embeds or gists or uh, from GitHub or any wow. of these things, you can put those right in the page. Oh, that is so um, cool. Yeah, that makes it if, so if interactive. You've got, if you've got a video, um, which 
these days so many presentations are actually videoed and then they, the events share them afterwards. If you've got that, you can embed the video um, Ooh, yes. in the page, which is really, really handy. Yeah, um, because I know that some speakers, they'll do like, they'll, they'll, they'll video themselves writing code to get mm. around the whole live demo type thing. And they'll start and stop the video at certain points and then talk through what's actually happened. Um, so that would be really handy if there was that sort of linkage to perhaps YouTube or where they can actually access that video. Again, if they were just doing it through a slide, then it would be very static. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for that scenario, one of the really neat things we do is once you've uploaded your, your deck, um, you can go into any particular slide and say, right, I want to replace this slide with a video or I want to replace it with an animated GIF um, or I want to just upload a replacement. I've noticed a typo in this one yeah, slide yeah. and I want to upload a replacement without having to replace the entire thing. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So we've got those sorts of features as well that just make, you know, they're just content management features essentially, yeah. um, which make life, makes life a bit easier. So you can actually go in and pick and choose and, and remove and replace yes. slides within your your slide show. That's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That must be, that. the technology behind that must be really sort of complicated when you're having to deal with all those different media types and stuff. What, um, what, what kind of technology is, is under that? So the, the whole thing is, uh, built on a PHP platform, mm -hmm. um, because PHP is, is sort of what I know and, and do and f am familiar with our content management system product that we also have is, is PHP. Yeah. Um, and really noticed from a, a technical point of view is just a big content management system, Right. but for, right. for a, a specific, um, purpose. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, uh, I built it as a system to manage presentations. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, we, we're actually using, uh, for anyone familiar with the sort of PHP ecosystem, we're, uh, using slim framework, yeah. Yeah. um, which is a really bare bones, um, PHP framework, uh, and then just pulling in lots of different bits from, uh, composer, right. uh, you know, lots of different packages. And I'm, I'm just rather than using a full stack framework where you get everything included, I'm using something that's really bare bones and then picking and choosing okay. the, the bits that I want. So you, um, so you, went, you went for a micro, micro framework first. That's, yes. that's interesting. How, how did you find that? Did, it, did you find that there was more upfront configuration because you were using so, you know, the bare bones, as you say, um, rather than have other packages sort of there waiting for you to use? Yes. I mean, it's got a, an awful lot of advantages um, because I have then complete control over what I'm using. Yes. But the downside of that is I have complete control over everything <laughs> and I've got, I've got to do the work of integrating everything. Yeah. I mean, if you use uh, Laravel, you know, for example, yeah. you would have session management. Sure. Right there, ready to go. Sure. When I when I wanted session management, I had to think, right, what am I going to use for session management? Right. Evaluate all the options, uh, find the one I wanted to use, yeah. then work out how to fit it in nicely with Slim. Right. Um, and at the in the end, after all that, am I sure I've got the best session management solution? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works. Yeah. It works nicely. Uh, but that was quite a lot of work mm. to give me that mm. flexibility. Mm. So it definitely, there are definitely uh, downsides to, to taking that approach. Right. But the upside is I know there's, there's very little code in the code base that isn't doing something. That's true. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And that and that limits uh, the um, the sort of attack surface uh, for um, for security flaws because uh, there's not code sat that could be exploited. Yeah. It just limits the complexity. It limits the the number of of moving parts that I, I have to be aware of. Right. Um, in terms of updates and compatibility and things, yeah. but say it brings with it its own complexities so yeah i think you just you just sort of make your choice and <laughs> and go with it well and, I, uh, I guess see where it takes you yeah i guess because there isn't um the packages that um that are just sat there dormant you are in complete control and also you must be completely aware of of everything in you know all of the dependencies because it was you who put the dependencies there <laughs> yes um <laughs> But of course, then I've got to keep track of that and sure. remember. Yeah. And every time I change something, I have to think, what are the implications going to be? Mm. That when you've got uh, a, a sort of full, uh, fully featured um, framework, somebody else is taking care of those problems for you. Yeah, yeah. It, um, what, what's the what's the technology like on the front end? Is it does it use any kind of JavaScript type frameworks or, or anything like that? So I looked at all the different ways of doing it. Um, so the the way that we did things with Perch in its in its control panel for our CMS mm. was that because that's been going uh, nearly ten years now, yep. and um, the interface that is HTML, CSS, and jQuery, right? Um, okay. And jQuery has done us a great job. Yeah. Um, but that was the sort of place my day to day development was coming from. I so I thought, well, you know, jQuery that's that's a bit old hat, isn't it? I should be looking <laughs> to see what else is out there. And I looked at uh, React, and I've looked a little bit at Vue, mm. and I've looked at um, Angular, and you know the main players. Yeah. And I decided what I really needed was HTML and CSS, and then just a sprinkling of bits of JavaScript wherever JavaScript was needed. So I'm just literally writing vanilla JavaScript with no framework I love that. for the little bits where yeah. it's needed. I love that. Just try, trying to use as little uh, JavaScript as possible. Yeah. Um, now, there are bits of the application that we're finding now. So as you mentioned earlier, um, on a presentation page, you can search Twitter and add tweets. So if, if audience members have been tweeting, mm. um, you can actually pull that in almost like social proof that you gave a good presentation. Yeah. So you can, you can pull all that sort of stuff in um, onto your page. So the interface for adding those tweets it's basically a HTML form and you put the URL of the tweet in and it, you know, adds it. And it's just like a standard sure. old fashioned web post back interface. Now that's not very slick. I think we could probably do a better job of that. Right. So I'm looking at this point, maybe uh, probably leaning towards Vue okay. um, as a framework, just to start using it for, for specific page components yeah. to say, right, this, this interface for adding tweets, I'm going to do something a bit more interactive and I'll just target that. But I'm not looking at moving the entire interface into into JavaScript because really, I, I, I don't think it needs it. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I love about Vue. It's the fact that you can just sort of really pinpoint a specific component on your application and go, I'm using Vue for that. I'm not using Vue for anything else, just for that little thing. Um, so it, it's not like this whole encompassing sort of massive monolithic framework um yeah that's uh that's 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 super cool so um how many slides do you have you know how many slides do you actually host and hold on this platform so in terms of presentations i mean mm. we launched we launched last uh last year at some point last 
summer. So we're sort of um, with uh, pre- um, conferences tend to run in seasons. You'll have like an autumn season and a spring season. Right. So we're kind of into our second season at the moment with <laughs> uh, with springs. So we were there for autumn and we're really starting to get a bit of a uh, head of steam here with um, with this spring. So we're up to about five and a half thousand presentations wow. that are on the system. Gosh. Um, I mean, in terms of actual slides, I did look this up. We've got 130,000 slides. Oh, my um, word. Wow. And four, 400,000 images I'm managing <laughs> so far. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> um, which, which is quite interesting. Um, but we've also got 1,000 videos on right. there. Right. Um, yeah. And we've got the, uh, a categorization system. So I, um, I'm sure you're familiar with um, the process of adding content to some sort of system and you have to pick a category. Mm-hmm. So like what mm-hmm. blo- if you're writing a blog post, what category does this blog mm-hmm. post? And they never seem to fit in any of the, you think no. it's in this category. Is yeah. that, and you have a list of like 12 and you think, well, which of these is it? <laughs> so we didn't, want, we didn't want to go down that route. Mm-hmm. Um so instead, what we do is we actually analyze the content of um, the presentation. So we extract all the text from any PDFs. Yeah. yeah. We um, also extract the description and, and things that you put in um, about a presentation. Uh-huh. And that gets um, compared to uh, all the keywords and that get compared to Wikipedia articles. Right. Um, and we come up with topics based on those Wikipedia articles um, to, to create uh, this sort of whole topic schema for the site um wow. and we've got twelve thousand different topics oh that you can word. browse by now wow. i guess that is, um, that is that like is that self-updating when wikipedia updates it's we just um it's not self-updating we do, we just categorize each presentation as it as it comes as in it comes against in. The, the current sort of um corpus of of topics I love um yeah. so and then we rank all those topics and we have an interface that displays the most most prominent ones uh-huh. so you can i was amazed just browsing it because because this happens automatically yeah you end up with you find like oh we've got all these presentations about mental health or we've got these presentations about you know this niche of uh, about um is it q, q i don't even know how to pronounce it kubernetes 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 or kubernetes, kubernetes. yeah well, I don't even know what that is. It's mostly with Docker, right? <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, yeah. We've got yeah. we've got a presentation page about it on the site That's with fantastic. dozens and dozens of presentations and videos and so any pretty much any topic that you're interested in, you can find it and then find presentations to watch live video of if you want. Um it was, it's great. It's worked really well. It surprised me. <laughs> That's how wonderful. Well that that, that topic is, system works. Yeah, that is wonderful because taxonomy is something that is really tricky to just to to sort of either create a schema for because you've, yeah. you've always got well if, is this a child of, of that parent tag you know um tag and and all of this jazz and and then you've got the languageization of of tags which is just nuts when you're dealing with different diacriticals and all of that jazz mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm really liking the fact that you've just used wikipedia to to solve that issue that was yeah i mean if if they've done it why you know, why can't you use it? That's fantastic. I really like yeah. that. How did you come up with that solution? Um, I mean, what was the thought process? I, I knew that we wanted to look at the content of the presentations uh, and, and not ask humans to categorize their own stuff. Because if you ask humans to do it, um, it's boring. Yeah. Uh, and you you know, you'll end up with, I mean, for us at the moment, we're quite heavy on, on web technology presentations. So you'd end up with everything categorized as 
you know, web technology, web development <laughs> or whatever, which then a category with too much stuff in it becomes useless because it's just a, an enormous bucket that, you, that yeah. doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah. So we, we knew we wanted to analyze what was in it. And so it was just a, a, a process from there right. thinking, okay, well, how, yeah. how can we come up with something that would describe this based on, on the content? Um, yeah. So and that, that's where we got, and I'm sure we'll improve it. Um, but I, I found that it's turned the site into something I never thought it would be, which is uh, a learning resource. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, yeah. if I wanted to find out about a particular thing, I can go and find presentations yeah. on that topic, yeah. regardless of who the presenter yeah. is. I don't, you know, I, or what event it was at. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't really care at that point. I can just see his some high quality, you know, content, um, and I can find it on the topic that I'm interested in. Yeah, which is great. Well, I must say, when I was looking at it earlier, it it was it was vast. It was it was it was like you would go from one presentation to another presentation, and and you you would be put on this journey of discovery. Um, and um, yeah, hats off to you for coming up with that solution for for tags because that uh, yeah that, that that's obviously really helped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the SEO like on that? I mean, when you, when you're dealing with all of those things, have you have you managed that? Um, so it's still a little bit early, I think, to to see how that'll pan out because we're we're in relative terms a brand new site. So I am trying to use all the all the topic information as then keywords and right. um, adding the, uh, the there's a JSON format, isn't there? Is it JSON LD or something like that? That uh, that I don't know. They, 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 <laughs> For SEO purposes, there's a chunk of JSON that you can put into a page, which basically adds like meta. It, it, it works as metadata okay. describing the document, okay. and Google and others will parse that and use that to categorize uh, what you've got. So it's kind of like a modern replacement for the old meta tags. Oh, is that is that like um uh is that what's it called? It, rich snippets? Is that right? I think it's related to right. all the same yeah. thing. Yeah. You, you can, Anyone who, who really knows this stuff will be hammering on the desk <laughs> at the moment and saying, yeah, because <laughs> you can do, these guys don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you, I'm sure you can do things that will tell like Google how to present your, your, your results in the Google page. So for example, if it was a, uh, an event you could, or, or a product, it could have a price and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, one of the, one of the sort of things related to that, um, that I've worked quite hard on is the social media sharing images, right? Um, which can be quite a tricky thing um, when you've got just dynamic user-generated content. Mm. What happens when somebody tweets a link to that content? Um, you know, Twitter and Facebook and uh, and all these social platforms will go to the site and try and fetch uh, an image to display along with it. And you want to make sure that that image really represents um, the content yes. in a nice way and isn't something generic. Yes. So I've worked quite hard on that, particularly on our topic pages. Yeah. If somebody tweets a link to um, the page about JavaScript, um, what we actually show is what I call a slide pile, right. um, which is a, a page of, uh, of, th of presentation thumbnails arranged in a nice way to get them to all fit nicely on a grid. Um, and um, and that's dynamically constructed uh, and they're periodically updated. Wow. So you should get a little preview that when you click through, you see the same content right. uh, then in the listing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is so cool. I mean, often I go and see a, a website where you have that Facebook image or that, um, I don't know, Twitter card image, mm. and it's completely irrelevant to the actual 
article that you're reading um, or it's just someone's logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for a standard presentation page, normally that's easy because you've got the, the first slide of the presentation sure. and you can just use that as the, as the sharing image and that works quite well. Yeah. And if it's yeah. a link to somebody's profile, we've got a profile picture for them and we can show that. Right. But it's where it's these sort of um, dynamic listings of things. Uh, similarly, I've not implemented yet, but I'm going to do the same for an event page that, that shows you all the presentations that happened at that event. Do the same thing. Get the uh, thumbnails of each right, uh, right. and arrange them into a nice grid. Right. Um, and we've got, we had to design grids that would work for, you know, um, events with one image, you know, with one item, two items, three items, four items, all the, I've got yeah. custom grids all the way up to, about, I think about 12. Wow. Um, yes. To get nicer, nice artistic looking arrangements of, sure. uh, of slides. Um, yeah. Yeah. W w one thing I was going to ask you was, um, was, was, was around the, the tags and the, and the types mm. of talks. Cause you mentioned that you, you, you have topics now that, that are, um, that you didn't think you would have. Mm. Um, so does this mean that non-developers can use the, this product? For, for just displaying like a presentation that they might use at work, for example. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyone can, um, can add anything on any topic. Right. It, it happens that it's pretty web development heavy at the moment because Rachel and I are web working, we're, we're web developers <laughs> and our, our sort of social reach um, is in that field. So that, that's sort of where we've started, but there's no reason that you couldn't put a, standard business presentation if you're presenting at a medical conference you could have that the, the site's completely agnostic of of mm. topic of presentation um mm. okay. which i think is quite uh, um then then with the the topics scenario as long as it's represented on wikipedia right. we can categorize it nicely so uh, that should be uh, that yeah. should be okay too that's um that's interesting very interesting because um i know around the medical profession, there is a lot of conferences um, where there is, you know, obviously these slides, they don't have obviously live demos that we have because they're medical professions, um, yeah. but they still need the slides. And there is, there is this, um, th this sort of disconnect as to where they put that. Is it slide deck or, or, or speaker deck or, or whatever? Um, mm. And I was speaking to, someone in the, this, the medical profession the other day uh, and they wanted to, to bring in the conversation around um, the slides because they, they were speaking at this, this conference and um, there was a lot of talk and stuff at that conference and then everyone flew home and bringing back all that content into a single place was quite challenging um, because there was lots of these medical journals that, that were referenced and so forth, but there wasn't any sort of like single repository of information that this, this uh, fella could, could uh, sort of hand out. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's, that's really, really interesting. I might um, point him in that direction, in your direction, if, if that's all right, as, yeah, as, as, as a solution, because that's, um, yeah, let's tick that box. Cause I, I, I I suggested perhaps, you know, build a web page and then have all the links on that web page and then just tweak the URL mm -hmm. of that web page. But you don't want to be doing that for every 
every conference you go to. You mm. want you want to have a platform that allows you to to do all that and not be restrained to where the conversation goes. Um, do you do you allow things like um, links to say Facebook groups um, or, or or Facebook um, pages and stuff like that? We don't particularly facilitate that, but there's nothing to stop anybody doing those things. Right. The descriptions for a presentation and for an event, if you're adding an event to the system, uh, are all just marked down and you can put in any links and uh, okay. anything like that that you want to in, in, in the simplest form. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we've got the tools for adding resources and things to presentations and you could you could represent uh, those in, in that form as well. Um so yeah, all all that is is possible to do. Right. Um, right. When you when you add a, a presentation into the system, mm-hmm. you state um, the event that it's at, uh, and if you're the first person to say to to name that event, then that event gets created, and you specify the dates, and you can add a description, uh-huh. um, and you can even add a, a, a sort of a link to buy tickets and a call to action that's you know register here or buy tickets oh, or wow. whatever. Okay. Um, and an event hashtag is the other thing ah, that you yes. can add. Yes. Um, so uh, you can do that, uh, and then you just automatically get an events page which collates all the presentations for that event automatically and gives you a nice URL for it. And you can even address it by its hashtag um, if you need to. So um, that that that's the sort of limit of our events capability at the moment because as we're starting we're focusing on uh, the presenters and right. creating a really good experience for somebody who speaks at conferences yeah. to give them the tools that they need right possibly a, a future phase then is to focus more on the people who organize the events and give them tools that they need as well okay. uh, to to um, you know work with that yeah um, so that you know, that's a sort of possible uh, uh, sort of future next day. It'd probably be quite an obvious, you know, way to to move things forward. Well, I'm already, um, yeah, I'm already thinking of features and all of that. Yes, that's that's, um, yeah, I can see, I can see how this can grow in a very organic way as well, um, with um, an organizer of an event claiming an event through some form of verification. Um, and then sort of making it in a sort of a, a packaging it up in a marketing kind of way. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of these event sites that perhaps, perhaps aren't web developments, web development events. Um, they, they either use like um, event, is it eventos or other paid event sort of things where they can list their events, but they, they have, they don't have much control over how the package actually looks. And of course mm-hmm. there's, there's um, uh, fees involved and all that. I mean, what, what, what's, what's the what's the the, the payment um, plans like on on uh, noticed? So one of the things we're really keen on doing is making sure that right from launching that we had a good business model right. that meant if people were going to put time into adding stuff to the site, they had relative confidence that it was a model that would carry on. They right. could it could be self sustaining. So we, we have we do have free accounts mm-hmm. and the free accounts um you can add up to five presentations in a calendar year. Right. So that's aimed at people who speak at local meetups yeah. from time to time and just do a bit of casual um public speaking. Mm-hmm. They can use it for free. Right. Um 
then we have our uh, pro accounts, which are $9 a month or I think it's $99 a year. Okay. Um, if you sign up for a year, you get a little, you know, effectively you get a month free. Right. Um, and uh, that includes then lots more features, obviously no limits on how much you could post. Sure. Um, but you get more advanced editing features. Um, you get the ability to sort of pre-announce that you're going to be at an event rather than it just appearing when the event comes around. Oh, so it I creates like a sort of future future listing for super fans. They can see, oh, this person's going to be speaking at this event and go yeah, buy their ticket. So you can build up a hype um, for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can add, uh, if you're a pro member, you can have a, a custom domain. So um, you can point a C name at us and we'll register you an SSL certificate. Huh. And um, basically then you have a custom URL that all your presentations live at. Wow. So. It, in the future, if you decided to move away from us, you could keep control of all those URLs and make sure that they still work for whatever it is you decide to do in the future. That's cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's uh, lots of um, uh, lots of sort of extra options and, yeah. and niceties for people who want to pay to make sure that we stick around yeah. and want want to pay because it's part of their job. There are so many people who speak at conferences as a fairly major part of their work. Yes, um, yes. And so for those people, we we have paid for accounts. Excellent. Um, or just for anyone who likes what we do and wants to support us, they're welcome to pay too. <laughs> <laughs> sure, of course. Um, so what, what kind of features do you plan for, for, say, the next year or the next, when the next season, say, of, of conferences come around next year? Mm. What, what do you want to have in play? So the, the big thing we're working on at the moment is um, functionality for teams. Right. Um, so this would be teams of, of people, uh, teams of public speakers. Sure. So if you think of um, big software companies that have developer advocate teams yeah. um, who are sending people around the world to conferences all the time. Yes. Um, we're adding features for those people so that when a presentation appears, it could say, you know, so-and-so from such a software company mm -hmm. and you can click on that and see what, you know, all you can see all the presentations from everyone from, from that organization. Right. Right. But also then for the, the managers who are managing those teams of developer advocates, they get an interface to see um, where everybody is this week, see their presentations going up, um, see the audience feedback, and we're logging extra information. Um, so when you add a presentation yeah. as part of a team, you yeah. can say, oh, I, it, the room had, you know, 350 people in it. And when I asked them who'd heard of our company, about 50% had. And you can log all these sorts of metrics that uh -huh. then the team manager can get reports back of those and see that, ah, yes, you know, we're, with all these events we're going to, our our audience awareness is slowly going up um, huh. or it's, it's not, you know, it's not going up or we went to that event last year and everybody had already heard of us. Do we really want to go again this year? Is right. it worth it? Right. <laughs> you know, so they, you know, all those sorts of things. Yes. Yeah, so it's um, almost like analytics for, for the, for the teams, for the, for the people who are sending the teams out. That's so handy. So helpful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. And of course, we, you know, we log, um, we have basic sort of statistics. You can see how many people have, have viewed a presentation and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. So it enables you, uh, the other things we log are, uh, are sort of anything that's expense related uh, <sighs> and how much time that you put into preparing a presentation. Wow. So you could see that, oh, I spent, you know, I spent four weeks preparing this presentation and there were 12 people in the audience and it cost us a thousand pounds to attend this conference. 
will I do that again? Mm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Or, you know, so yeah. you can sort of judge that return on investment through the, the log statistics. And that's something that, you know, those bigger sort of teams of, of people, uh, I think, really benefit from probably Gosh. more than an individual who's probably got a track of that. You know, they've probably got a sense of that themselves yeah. if they're just an individual doing it. But it's where you've got multiple people in a team that mm. you want to keep track of the, the sort of effectiveness and the return on investment and, and what have you with those um, with those presentations wow that's uh that's a a, a mighty fine set of features there (laughs) yeah very very handy have you have you gone out and spoken to people about this or have you come up with these ideas yourself uh, it's a bit of both. Um, so we have been, we have been speaking to people about it and we've got some, um, some companies, some pretty big household names sort of lined up, yeah. um, who are interested and, and, are um, potentially ready to, to help us test, uh, features as we roll them out. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, we've got people keen to, to use this functionality Wonderful. and I, I just need to get it finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I guess it takes a lot of time to develop and, and come, just come up with the whole day-to-day management of, of it all. Um, I guess you're having to deal with not only the writing of the code, but the DevOps side of it as well. I mean, the, the figures that you mentioned earlier of all the slides and the presentations that you're holding, that must that that must have a lot of complexity along with it in terms of scaling and and um, uh, 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 caching and speed and performance and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and performance is something I'm I'm really sort of keen on to make sure that everything is always super fast. Yeah. Um, all our assets are on um, Azure, right? Um, and uh, uh, served through a CDN there, so. The, the the weight of all the images I don't need to worry about that <laughs> that's all uh, taken care of by uh, something else but for everything else we're pretty much on virtual server boxes uh, that are in Germany um, that's not all sort of cloud based it's just traditional um, VM boxes uh, which is working pretty well for now um, yeah. we've got uh, we're using Beanstalk D to manage our oh, our yeah. queues yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So like when a, a, a PDF goes onto a queue, then an, a worker picks it up and starts churning it and oh, um, right. turning it into images and, and all that. Right. Uh, so that's a sort of decoupled process that should, in theory, um, when we need to you know, scale up to multiple servers um, you know, rather than just the one we have working on that queue at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I like to keep things fast and light. And that's part of the reason for choosing a micro framework yeah, rather than a, yeah. a full framework is that I just want as little code running as possible. Yeah. Um, uh, and at the moment that seems to be, uh, seems to be holding up quite nicely. Wow. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. that's also, you know, what, why you chose vanilla JS rather than a fully fledged framework. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, nice and nice and fast on the, on the browser. Um, what's it like on the mobile? I haven't used it on mobiles and and tablets and stuff. Does it, is there any different functionality between that and the desktop? Uh, not particularly. It's just, uh, it's just designed, designed in a responsive way. So the, the, um, aspect of, of just viewing, viewing presentations and everything works. I mean, like all the, um, the slide deck viewer, you can swipe it rather than, you know, tap left and right and all those sorts of things, just the the basics in terms of actually, uh, sort of adding presentations and things. You probably want to do that on the, on the desktop. Um, uh, I haven't actually spent an awful lot of time 
optimizing the the editing interface for mm-hmm. mobile because at the moment I don't think there's a, a huge demand for people wanting to do that. Of right. course, the the trends are that everything is going to <laughs> going towards mobile, so that surely will come. Um, but at the moment, the the editing sort of interface is optimized for mm-hmm. for bigger screens. Um, but it, sure, it will work on small screens, but probably wouldn't be that user friendly. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's um it's a it's it sounds like an amazing platform, and it's it's blowing my mind because it's not it's simply not just a upload presentations and job done. It's it, there's so much more to that, and the fact that it's growing in an organic manner and totally not locked down to things for like web developers. It's, it could be for mm. anyone. Um, yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah. Well, before we before we shoot off, is there anything else that you want to uh, mention about Noticed or anything else in particular? Um, wh- one of the things, one of the features I really like about it, and this yeah. is a, a real web developer nerd sort of feature, <laughs> is that uh, I think almost every page on the site has got a JSON representation of it available. Huh. Um, so if you wanted to, for example, use us as kind of like a CMS to manage all your presentations, but wanted to do something completely custom on your own website on the front end to display that content, you could just use the JSON feeds that we have um, to get all your content out immediately. Um, And you could build a nice React front end, for example, um, that displays everything on your own website um, without needing to anything from us that will just you know that's just all immediately available so yeah i quite i quite like that as a feature the fact that there's jason behind everything gosh Um, that has yes that's insane i like that i really do because you can you could almost use that as a back end to your own portfolio site or yeah you know yeah you could use it like a headless cms sort of approach of of use us to do all the management to give us you know give you the nice interface and everything and then just take the json and build your own complete front end uh and do whatever you want with it wow um and equally you could you could have a cron job running archiving stuff off to make sure you had your own copy or you know you could use so you could use it like as a backup solution um or you could you could do anything you like with it um I think it's such a simple thing that we can do as web developers because we've got all the data there. We've got easy methods of outputting JSON. Yes. I've, you know, as long as it's essentially public data that's going to be on a page anyway, sure. why not make that available as a data structure that then people who want to do something with it, with it can do something with it? I think it just opens up so many possibilities. Yeah, well, I, 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 I am definitely personally seeing a trend where um, people – use or have json as well as rss feeds so they could have a feed of 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 their content in the way that is presented by the website in the rss feed or they could have a json data structure that allows them to manipulate it in the way that they want to on their site um yeah wow okay that's um that's very very interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got um, a number of questions that I'll probably ask you after this <laughs> about that. That's uh, super cool. Super cool. Before we go, though, Drew, where where can we get to this uh, notice site? So uh, we've we've got one of these trendy URLs. So it's uh, noti.st. Excellent. Noticed. Noticed. Uh, and I, I'm on there as noticed slash Drew M. Drew M. Uh, 
Awesome. And yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Drew M as well. That's why I'm in most places. But uh, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you ever so much for coming on the show and talking about Noticed. It, I think it's an amazing platform. And you've, you've mentioned so many things that have just opened me up to several possibilities um, of not only for Noticed, but also just just how one should manage and go about building a, a uh, website that has this potential and scalability. I love the fact that you were talking about um, using micro frameworks because of the the mission of keeping it nice, light and simple. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show, Drew. And happy coding, everyone. I hope to see you again soon. Thanks for watching. Happy coding. Bye.